When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Scott, I just went to colbyplus.com right now. Yeah. They launched just before the boardroom show, uh, but I just pulled up to find out like what the pricing looks like for a three- Three two, and yeah. it's actually not that much different than four three. Three two is two ninety five. Four three, I think, is three oh five. Um, so unbelievably priced. But I just wanted to see what customer reviews are on the three two. There's already fourteen reviews uh, since they launched. It's a five star status. Quote: The Yamamoto rubber is very flexible and extremely comfortable. Feels light in the water, which I love. Also, it's exceptionally warm for a three two. I can see Colby Plus being one of the top brands in the near future just because the neoprene, the Yamamoto neoprene um, is super flexible, light, feels like butter, and super warm. Amazing suit for the price. Get one of these if you're contemplating because, again, these are high-end piece is what one of the reviews says. Yeah, well, I agree with the reviewer. I'm a huge fan, and I wear my Colby Plus all the time. People that uh, I surf with see me in it, comment on it. And uh, it's warm, it's light, it's comfortable, and I just and it's buttery. It just feels good, you know. <clears throat> you put it on and you feel kind of sharp, you know, like you, maybe you're going out for a steak dinner type of thing. That's true, you know. Like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I generally dress dress pretty modest, but occasionally I will wear a nice sweater to Christmas. And I'm like, this just feels better. Like, why am I not wearing this every day? And that's what the Colby Plus suit feels like. It feels like my Christmas sweater. Yeah, I totally agree. It feels like, you know, cashmere, you know, like just up a notch, you know, up a level. And, it, and I'm a huge fan. Like, yeah. And I love my suit, Colby Plus.
Yeah, the cashmere wetsuits, colbyplus.com, of course. As we see some movement at the takeoff zone, it's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry, this thing holding open, it spits. When it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit. We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Holy macro. Yeah, guy, David. It's uh, Thursday, 1228, December 28th. It's seven o'clock in the morning. And I see you have your AG1 there. You're shaking it up. I, you know what I love about my AG1? Is, well, I have some gastrointestinal issues. And the AG1 has some probiotics in it, which are helping immensely with some of my GI issues. And so, um, and plus, just one scoop of AG1 covers all the other supplements I used to take. Those are all gone now. I just use AG1 and AG1 only, and it covers all my bases. And again, I'm specifically excited for the probiotic factor. I used to have a little bit of digestive issues just from aging and eating too much and eating everything. And um, I really do feel like it's kind of quelled some of that stuff and it does probiotics and prebiotics. And I think there's digestive enzymes too. So that's, that's a huge uh, plus for me, but uh, drinkag1.com slash surf for anybody who wants to get on board that that's how they support us. You'll get five free travel packs plus a year supply of vitamin D 90 day money back guarantee as well. So why wouldn't you do it? Um, but yeah, holy mackerel, I suppose that's related to what swell is starting to pound the Southern California coastline right now. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, I am. I actually, I have the Mavericks cam up and I pulled it up this morning and it was obviously nobody out. And I was like, Oh, maybe it's just because it's a little bit unruly. There's, it's a little disheveled. It looks a little bit like a, the floorboard of a teenager's car. You know, it's, it's a little bit disgusting. And, uh, but there are already, eight nine skis in the water i haven't seen anyone ride away but it has that look like it's almost towable i i mean these guys never cease to amaze us what they paddle into these days but um i don't know it looks like they're all sussing it out you know what i mean yeah totally um what's going on in san diego and why aren't we surfing right now instead of podcasting um, well we're gonna surf probably later right okay um, good S- san diego is the swell is filling in, you know, it's going to yeah. be pumping all day long. Um, I'm watching a set here in San Diego. Now it's easily a six foot wave. And I think it's just going to get bigger. It's a long, long westerly swell. So it's got these long lines in it and uh, it's going to be an exciting afternoon of surfing. Uh, it's sort of an experts only situation. Uh, not for the faint of heart today. Yeah. There's, um, I'd say the next 24 to 30 plus hours, probably some next day or two of waves. Uh, and I feel the same way as you. It's like no rush to get out there today. Just kind of wake up and let it fill in. I think there's probably going to be too much energy for a lot of spots around here. So maybe try to find some shelter. Um, but I'm in slow mode today. Assess and pick, pick your poison. And also... <clears throat> Uh, know your limits, you know, and I feel certainly feel that way from watching what's been going on in Hawaii this past week, but just really, um, it's winter time, 
this feels like the first, or it feels like uh, we're going to have like a kind of epic or good winter. And I feel a seriousness with it that I don't think I've felt in recent years. I know I have what I always get, which is sort of a winter anxiety. Um, and I really hate it. I really, I, I know you and I, I always, I always bring this up with you and I bring it up with my wife and she's like, every year you go through this, why are you doing this to yourself? And I, and I'm trying to get to the place where I care about huge incoming swells anymore, but I still do. And with that comes like all these silly, all this silly crap that goes on between my ears about, is it going to be crowded? Where's the tide? What's you know, all these stupid little things that are so myopic and self-centered that it's embarrassing, quite frankly, to tell you about. Um, yeah, the if it's like a summertime combo swell, it's all fun and games. You know, it's like, oh, whatever. I'll just grab whatever board. Doesn't matter. Just go get a few waves. But with this, it feels like this is the pinnacle of the year. This is what it all builds up to. And how many that. and how many more are there going to be? Is this going to be the one of the year? Like, I really need to. Uh, make the right decisions here but there but beyond that there is also um a uh wellness concern you know like i'm i've aged i'm not nearly as flexible i'm not nearly as nimble i went bowling the other day for two hours oh my god i am tore up dude like my whole backside basically butt buttocks down through the leg is just so sore. I'm limping from bowling. And I'm just like, man, this is old age. This is what old age yeah. feels like. Yeah. You're going to have to go 75 hard here. We're going to, we're going to re-engage 75 hard in January. Let's do this. I was going to ask, have you been backsliding through the holidays? No, well, a little bit, you know, but not, I'm the thing that's great is that once you go through 75 hard, you have such a great baseline. Like mm. I'm still, and I'm still doing, I'm still working. Like I do, I do 60 sit-ups and 45 push-ups every other day. Um, and I go to yoga and then I surf and work out, uh, you know, in a surf, you know, I try to get a workout in just paddling around. So I'm kind of there. I've got a good baseline, but um, I was speaking with my daughter. We are keyed into a January um, going 75 hard, which means two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One of those workouts outside a gallon of water, a diet that we select, um, you know, no, mine will be no dairy, no processed foods, no breads, that kind of thing. Um, not to make this a total advertisement, but that's how I feel about AG1 as well is it, it's my baseline, you know what I mean? And then I can kind of do, I eat poorly, certainly this last week or two. And that's not, uh, erased by the ag1 but at least i have the foundation of the ag1 so it's not 100 bad food in that day it's just bad food on top of the foundational stuff um but when you say you do 60 push-ups 45 or 45 push-ups 60 sit-ups what are the sets broken into 20 three sets okay. of 20 sit-ups and three sets of 15 push-ups gotcha okay yeah. that makes sense uh, well, impressive. I'm glad you're holding it together. Good job. That'll keep you in the water. Um, yeah. But but New Year's is always a great reset for sure. Yeah, it is. It's going to be um, good. Yeah. Not to detour from the swell talk, but how was That's Christmas, okay. by the way? Christmas was uh, wonderful. Uh, okay, we had good. a wonderful dinner with the family. And uh, yeah, everything's good. You know, yeah, both, both kids in town. 
No, just my daughter. She lives here in San Diego. She just got a new job with one of the surf industry companies. I won't say who. And um, yeah, she's doing great. Everyone's doing great. Would you cook? Food. I did. I did bake some cookies, David. I bake some shortbread cookies, and um, those were sort of, you know, not good. A lot of butter, <laughs> a lot of sugar, and um, I occasionally I, t- I tried a little bit of cheese. I had moments of cheese, which is interesting. But uh, what did I cook? I made steaks. Nice. What cut? Filet mignons. Nice. Filet. Yeah, I have a. I have pretty much a foolproof way. Seared. In the oven, boom, boom, they're perfect every time. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, as it relates to uh swell event, have you been uh checking out what's going on in Hawaii? It's been kind of nonstop. Yeah, it's been incredible in Hawaii. Um, I have been looking at the pipeline cam on occasion and I knew I knew because I, I checked the forecast a lot. I knew they were gonna have a great run of surf. Um there's been a little bit of freaky wind occasionally, but uh, yeah, they've been scoring. What did you see? What what specifically are you referring to? It seems like you're building up to a moment that you saw that was. Incredible. There wasn't it. There wasn't an individual moment. I was just surprised how many injuries we've already seen this year. Cole, did you see Cole Rothman's face? No, I haven't seen this. Cole Rothman's uh, and Eli Olson as well. Both of them Uh-oh. had pretty significant wipeouts and hit the reef and had their face kind of torn apart half of their face on either side for each of them. And then of course, last month we were talking about Joao Chianca's near death experience. And then during the pipe masters, we did not discuss, but Emio Sersmak from Hawaii or from uh, Tahiti from Chopu. um, He had a wipeout in one of his heats with the Florence brothers that he ended up in the hospital because there was a Peruvian kid too, I believe. Um, I forget his name, who had a wipeout in the last week or two that ended up in the hospital. So we're talking f- five surfers, five like good surfers, but four fully like A-list, top of the heap surfers who have been uh, hospitalized due to pipeline. And so really makes me realize like without the water safety out there, these could be deaths easily. And I think that it's maybe a re- uh, reflection of how crowded it is out there. I mean, it's obviously a very dangerous wave, but those surfers, um, I think with that many people in the lineup, you then have, it just creates that many more obstacles and variables and you're not picking the line you want, maybe not picking the wave you want, maybe not being as selective as you would be. And so you're just going on whatever opportunity is available to you. And then you put yourself in these situations and um, without the water patrol, there's no way. I mean, we'd have way more deaths, essentially. Yeah, it brings up an interesting conundrum, which is if we pull the water patrol, do we lose some of the crowd? And then actually it becomes safer because people, because I did, you mentioned selecting of ways. I think that's the big one. Even if you're Cole Rothman, who's probably, you know, whatever, 1A, 1B, he's right in the top five of guys who probably can get his pick of surf. Regardless of where you are in the um, totem pole there, when you flip and you're like, okay, this is the one you flip and you start digging and it's crowded and you're kind of like, well, if I pull back now, I'm going to lose my spot. So I'm committed. I'm going. Whereas if it's less crowded, you might be like, you know what? There's only 20 guys out. I'm going to actually wait another 10 minutes and pick the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so the crowd does affect your, your focus and, and your selection of wave. And um, so, I mean, look, 
they'll never and they shouldn't remove the uh, water patrol but it, you know it brings into that uh, you just wonder like okay are there more people out because there's water patrol i don't know i actually don't think so i think there would be that many people out regardless because hawaii is just because the guys that are out are super hardcore there's just a lot of hardcore good pipe surfers now there's just the bottom line is there's easily 40 guys that should that deserve to be out there you know like that aren't in the way so to speak but are probably in the way yeah well maybe seeing stuff like this gives people a reminder you know <laughs> like i mean because honestly that's kind of how i felt about it was it was a real i mean maybe that's why i was talking about our southern california swell uh the way that i was is i see that and i just think wow okay I'm got no delusions at this point in my life to think I want any of that. I'm just going to be happy to surf the comfortable, fun waves that I surf regularly and uh, not have to be in fear of losing my life. You know? Yeah. That's the one cool thing about getting older is that like when these swell events happen, I'm, I'm personally like, if I can get three set waves, mm -hmm. the rest, the rest is gravy. Like if there's anything else after three good set waves, the rest is all just, you know, cherries on top. So that's kind of nice, you know, and, um, but the anxiety still lingers. There's this anxiety that's attached to ego that yeah. I'm wrestling with, you know, and the bottom line is the real bottom line is nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares except what's going on between my ears, except me. Like there's nobody that's like, Oh, did you see Scott? He only got two waves, not three. Like, who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. Excuse my French. But uh, oh, I mean, need to put a dollar in the curse word pot, kitty pot. Um, the Vulcan, or not the Vulcan, the uh, Pipe Pro, the WSL event announced a new sponsor this, I think, yesterday, actually. Really? Yeah. Presented Sonora? by Sonora? Presented by Lexus. Wow. I know. That's um, interesting. Well, what else is interesting is who's making that sale? That's what I wonder. It seemed like it seemed like Elo was the guy that was like making sales. Like he was the guy. Like okay, you've set up a meeting with him. I'm going to go meet with them. You know, like who's the guy that's actually meeting with these kids? But who's in the sales department there? Because the hats off, tip of the cap. Well, okay, Lexus Pipe Pro presented by Yeti. Um, now, what's funny about this? And I mean, it's not funny, but uh, Florence Marine X and Visla have also yeah. announced that they're partnering to outfit everybody at the event. Right. So it's it seems to be like that partnership isn't a uh, headline sponsor, I guess, for the event. But uh, we both talked about it, I think, when it happened that we were glad to see it. You know, like we like that um, while brands have gone corporate the original surf brands have gone corporate and publicly traded the it leaves gaps and room at the bottom for core brands to kind of you know supply us with our needs that are designed specifically for the sport itself and so we were glad to see them back involved in the professional surf space because we thought maybe this is a good sign and i'm still glad about that but then to see it feels like this announcement trumps that announcement and in fact, the Florence Marine X and Visla logos are nowhere on the poster or the announcement that the WSL made. So I'm sure that there is in those agreements specifics about you guys as the clothing sponsors provide X, Y, and Z. 
and you get this much exposure. And then the headline sponsor, of course, isn't providing anybody with Lexus transport or cars or anything like that, but they just get the placement on the poster. But it still felt like just a little bit like, well, what happened to the original brand? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, and the, the comments even said that, like I just pulled up the Instagram and um, yeah, people were commenting on that precisely. So. Well, more will be revealed. We shall see. Now we have a show that's sort of based on looking back and looking forward. Um, is there any more current news that we need to touch on before we get um, into that? No, not necessarily. We can go into reflections and projections. By the way, they're, they are towing at Mavericks. There's one tow team. Looks like that a guy's going to catch the first wave of the morning right now. The ski is in front of him. He's at the top of the wave. He still he let go of the rope. He's riding. He's a tow rider. And he's going to jump into the bottom section. No, he kicked out. Mm. Okay. Anyway, enough about that. I was trying to do my play-by-play. -play. I don't, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I don't, I mean, I've not seen a lot of tow days at Mavericks. Well, it's unruly. It's, I mean, it's offshore. Like the wind is offshore, but the situation, I, I looked at it last night and it was like 40 knot gale onshore. It was just torn to shit. So the wind switched. It's trying to comb through it, clean it up and condition it. But, um, you know, much nope. like your hair, it's just unconditionable. <laughs> That's yeah, I appreciate that comparison. I would like to think I have a head of hair like Mavericks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's some big waves coming in there for sure. Okay, well, look, um, tell me about your favorite moment in the surf world in 2023. Favorite look, moment in the surf world, it's a great, it's a great exercise, I think, to do because. We forget. I, we roll from week to week so fast, you know, that it's almost I'm sure that we forget actually the the vast yeah. majority. But one stood out for me as I thought about this question, uh, head and shoulders above the rest. And that was Luke Shepardson winning the A. What a great call. I totally forgot about that one. That's that's a great one. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I uh, know I go for it. I, we can just go, we can over, over talk one another on this subject because it was that exciting. I mean, there was nothing, there's no better storyline. And I, I mean, even to the point that what would, what moment of 2023 could they make a Hollywood film about? This would yeah. be the one. And it would almost be too, this feels like a, like a cheese ball Disney movie because it's that <laughs> far-fetched, you know, totally. Like, totally. Like Kurt Russell, I mean, he's an outdated example now, but yeah, I don't no, know why true. he came to my mind, but it's like, he's, yeah. he's past his prime and his back hurts, but he gets back on the gridiron one more time to be, like try out for the NFL and becomes the star quarterback and wins the Super Bowl. Like that is what this is, you know? Well, here's the other thing is that they use the winning monies to pay for the special cancer cure that solves the little girl's cancer. That would be, yeah, that would be right. part of that's the film the, as well. That's, I mean, let's make it cheesy. Come on. And I mean, to be honest, well, I don't know why I said Kurt Russell, Pedro Pascal looks exactly like Luke Shepardson. So he would yeah. play the role, except he's a little older now. Um, but I mean, that was just such a phenomenal storyline for those who don't remember or weren't there or weren't listening to us at the time. Luke Shepardson is a North Shore lifeguard, works at Waimea, Waimea. And um, 
he got an invite to the Eddy, but he was working that day. Obviously, it's a huge <laughs> in order for in order to run the Eddy, it has to be a massive swell. So they need all lifeguards on duty that day. So he sir he took breaks to surf his heat. He got official approval to take a break to go surf his heat. And in doing so, he won the Eddy. <laughs> and so great. It's so, right. and won it in spectacular fashion. Like, like no questions asked. It's not like John John was injured that year or something like that. Like he took down everyone while he was on duty as a lifeguard. Then after winning, got back in the tower and made rescues that day. Yeah, he had like a spam sandwich in his hand, you know, like he had to, he missed his lunch break. So he was eating spam and making rescues. It was just completely Hawaiiana, you know? Oh, we've got a rider. A lot of tow guys. Not a lot. There's three, but guys are riding waves, and it is huge. Um, okay, well, look. Here's my favorite moment, if you let me, of 2023. And it, and it isn't something that was reported on, but mm. it happened a lot. It happened a lot, and it happened around the world. Um, surfers surfed really good waves fun waves with just a few friends a few mates it might have been on a surf trip it might have been at the local break but they surfed hard they had one of those sessions where where tubes and turns were had by all maybe not backdoor spitting tubes maybe just a few slight cover-ups but a long glorious session where everything came together everything clicked and then the evening contemplation over a nice dinner at sunset perhaps at punta colorado's a prime rib at lele's they fished dinner on the bouquet, a big bowl of hot lamb stew in Ireland, maybe a pint or two, for sure, a couple of beers. Real memories were made around the world by really engaged, enthused core surfers. Everlasting memories were created, and they will be recalled forever, really. This is really special surfing that occurred in 2023. And it might not be like Ethan Ewing-level carves or Matt Miola-level aerials, just some incredible fun surfing with good friends. None of this WSL BS, no ELO BS, no edits, no followers, no fakers, no Instagram, just surfed out and stoked over a killer meal with a few buds. It happens all the time. It happened last year. It's going to happen this year. And it's really what this whole shebang is all about. Surfing as more than a lifestyle, but as the essence of who we are. That's my favorite moment in 2023. My favorite moment every year. Yeah. What's your best post-surf meal? Wow. I guess. I mean, if I, this sounds like a last supper type of situation. All this it time. doesn't have to even be supper. It could be breakfast. My last. This my, actually my sounds, this actually sounds like an inertia article. It does. Horrible. I'm going to say what I always eat, which is like egg whites and spinach with chopped up vegetables. And uh, my favorite sauce on top with avocado um that's perfect because i was thinking through my 20s a burrito like i'd get oh, out yeah. of the water and breakfast burrito the biggest one you could find the greasiest one you just like need sustenance and calories and now to me that sounds disgusting you know like it sounds like a, it sounds like a nap 
exactly. Yeah. It sounds like detrimental to my day or one quarter of it sounds good, you know, but that's about it. One eighth, maybe. Um, so it's yeah. so funny how over the years, yeah, the breakfast you just described is like, okay, yeah, that'll fuel me. I'll feel great. And I'll continue going through my day. Yeah. And a cup of tea and for sure some AG1, you know, and my whole thing is serving my meal usually makes me tired. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to not do that. And frankly, I usually mix in a, a cup of tea. Yeah. And by the way, that meal, that meal happens past noon. I usually eat at like 12. My first meal is at 1230 or one o'clock. Yeah, me too. Um, well, good. Great moment. Uh, what about podcast moments? Do you have any favorite moments uh, from interviewing people or anywhere else? Yeah, that was a tough one. I was I was reflecting on that. And frankly, I didn't interview a whole lot of people this year. And um, so the recent ones that I did, uh, I asked off the job as you can. You're, you just cut out for some reason. You asked what? I'm going to switch to my other speaker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the other ones are better for sure. Hold on to this. But... How about now? Can you hear me now or no? Way better. Okay. Well, I hope the first part of the show wasn't bad. It, it's still usable, but this is way better. Oh, man. Okay. Um, so my favorite podcast moment when asked if they were offered the job as the new WS, WSL CEO, would they take it? Matt George said resoundingly, yes. And he was kind of pro wave pool as well, which shook me a little bit. And Barton Lynch said resoundingly, no, he wouldn't take the job. Although he did throw a caveat out there, which was, unless I had complete, you know, say in it, and I wasn't micromanaged and had to, uh, yeah. That says a lot. Yeah. So Barton is, I think, saying he feels that he's qualified for the job and he knows exactly what to do to, you know, execute what we want with the, with the sport but he does not feel confident that that organization will allow anybody to execute that goal. The that's org. It's exactly right. The org has ideals and objectives that will not allow to run the best surfers in the best waves, essentially. Yeah. And we'll get to some of that more when we get into my predictions, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. About you, your favorite podcast moment. You did a bunch of interviews. Yeah, you've been the um, what is it when you're just super consistent with good prolific, stuff? prolific, ten prolific. going ten years deep into fifty two episodes a week, buddy. It's uh, gnarly, dude. That is so gnarly. Um, I don't know how to do it. That's crazy. Well, I'll tell you how and why. I think it's it could be answered in this question about favorite favorite podcast moments. Um, I forget again talking about doing something week in and week out is you forget all of the memorable experiences because you're just rolling straight into the next. And almost like your answer about all the great meals and all the great sessions, you know, don't forget about them. Like the this is what it's made of, and this is what you look back and reflect on. So when I look back on the year and try to decide like favorite podcast moments, I think of Troy Eckert 
and that barrel that he got in Baja at the beginning of the year. And then I, he posted about it on Instagram and it was this real philosophical um, assessment of all of the work that went into that and then kind of release or all the work that he did for decades of the anxiety with swell events that you were talking about. And then getting to the point where he was 50 years old and releasing all of it. And then that wave came to him. And the, when he describes the way that the day unfolded, it really did. Like it was a parting of the crowd and he happened to be in the right place. He happened to have the right board and he happened to just not try to even oversurf it, just kind of let it all come together. And, he, and his reflection on it was just that everything that he had been trying to do for so long was probably helped put him in that position, but also was contrary to how he should have been preparing for that position, you know? And so, and it was the best, one of the best waves he ever got in his life. And so now the pursuit is entirely different and whether or not he gets that best wave of his life again, it is irrelevant. It doesn't matter because every wave in every moment is delivering the enjoyment and enrichment that that one wave provided for him. So it was a really, really He's an enlightened individual and um, hearing him communicate about it and the visuals of the wave itself are just so stunningly beautiful, you know? So I thought that was really inspirational and wonderful to hear. But then beyond that, mid-year, I got to connect with Chris Malloy up on his ranch and spend most of the day with him and then record a podcast episode, you know, for literally four hours and ended up becoming two episodes and um, equally interesting guy, just in very different ways, but somebody that I admired and really freaking like was a fanboy of for my first 15, 20 years of my surfing experience. And so what the podcast has done for me or what doing it every week for 10 years has done for me is allow me to have certainly conversations with people that I've always admired, but really kind of become friends with them and experience their world and spend time with them and even have their admiration, you know, like so many of them are like, dude, I've been listening for years, or I really appreciate your contributions to the surf world and all that sort of stuff. And if I didn't have the weekly commitment to do it, I wouldn't do it. You know, so for some reason, I just decided like, we're going to do this stuff weekly. And so then you feel an obligation to the listeners to like, oh, shoot, I got to get an interview done for next week. Like, who do I interview? And then I get busy and I make it happen. But if it wasn't that obligation to the listeners, I would have stopped doing it a long time ago. Or I would have just procrastinated it. And as a result of all of that obligation and work, now I have this, these experiences and these friendships with people that I would, that I venerated for so many years before. So it's all worked out really, really well. Yeah. You know, like I said, tip of the hat, it's hard. What you do is extremely difficult. I don't think people realize how difficult it is because the weeks just fly by. And all of a sudden you're like, Shit, I just did one of these two days ago and now I've got to scramble. I, as you know, I produced uh, a terrestrial surf radio show for years and I had to weekly come up with stuff, much like you do with this show where you're like, oh shit, Scott. I'm going to have to carry Scott through this show. <laughs> I'm going to have to produce the show. Um, but I, I'm trying to do my best with that. But um, it's tough what you do. And, you know, I've I've curtailed because of I've burned out. And I'm, you know, I hope you, you don't burn out. 
regardless, what's important is that each and every show that you do and I do, each interview we do, we're excited about it. And the moment that you're like not excited about an interview, then that's when it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's peel back a little bit and just change the schedule or whatever. But again, tip of the hat to you for, for all you're doing. It's amazing. Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah. It, the excitement thing is right. Like if you didn't enjoy it, then yeah, I would stop doing it. You know, I'd, I'd figure out a reason or a, an excuse at that point to pull the plug. But the reality is I love surfing just, uh, purely like and intensely that's not going away. And then I, I like talking to people. I like engaging with people that's not going away. So those two things, I just have to find the people in the surf world who are doing something that's interesting to me. And then it's easy at that point, you know, let me ask you this, what is easier to produce an interview based podcast or a topical like this type of podcast? They're equally difficult in their own ways, I would say. Yeah. I, I think that the interview ones are a little easier for me because I know the basic kind of outline chronologically that I'm going to go through. And if you've listened to my podcast, they're kind of like, okay, let's start with when they grew up and what's, and, and because we like listening to people, usually people will just take off and yeah. then the, the interview just kind of happens on its own. It turns into more of a discussion than like a, here's my next question. Right. Yeah. I think, um, it really depends on the person you're interviewing and how effective of a communicator they are, because I've had some that are like pulling teeth yeah. and I've had some that I've just not published as a result of that, you know, yeah. just fully trashed. And, uh, yeah. what that's, that's always hard when they're like, Hey, where's my podcast? You're like, uh, you know, I didn't come out. So <laughs> I didn't publish it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but on the flip side, so easy communicator on that side makes that job easy. But on this side, if it's a busy news week, then it's super easy. You know, like yeah. you and I don't have to prepare anything almost. We could just riff. But what about um, in reflection of the year, favorite surf news moment? Well, I, I thought about this long and hard. And I think in a weird way, my favorite news moment was when Elo, Eric Logan was let go. Me too. It's, it's, you know, Elo's gone. There was secrecy around it. It was kind of like, whoa, it was like everyone in the surf world kind of popped up and went, whoa, what just happened? You know, and there's not a peep of news coming out of anywhere. There's tons of conjecture. It was straight TMZ level Hollywood BS. Um, There's rather fitting for, for Eric, you know, um, but it's also a little bit sad because we were led down the sort of vacuous mainstream reality TV show that might be on Nickelodeon, but it ended up being the WSL and, I so it's kind of sad, but that's definitely the sort of the pinnacle of the surf news, I think, this year. Well, yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. That was my number one news story as well. Um, and it's funny, I don't want to celebrate somebody being fired. Yeah. So that that's the one caveat here. But then when I really think about why was it my favorite news story, it's because I was glad he was fired. So, so <laughs> I don't want to celebrate it, except that is the reality of the situation is that, and I'm going to break it down into two things. Uh, I don't know Eric Logan as a person, so I can't, you know, this isn't like a personal vendetta or anything like that. But the two things that I can break it down into is the performance in the job, which I would say, not only did he under deliver 
um, on his projections and his what he set out to do. He absolutely failed at those things. And I can walk you through the list of things. But the things that he set out to do were the wrong things in the first place for me, you know, in order to for me in my eyes, in order in terms of what I would want to see as the viewer or what I feel like is a true uh, authentic representation of surfing, which would be man and woman versus nature, you know, put the best surfers in the best waves. So I feel like he executed poorly on those things, but behind the scenes and what I think was fueling a lot of my criticisms of his performance throughout was rumors about him being a little lecherous on tour and with females and him being a little bit too friendly. And we'd see this on his Instagram posts even where it was like, dude, why are you publishing that? Like trying to be overly friendly with everybody. And uh, so that was the rumors behind the scenes. And we can't, we couldn't talk about that publicly at the time. Cause it's like, well, this so-and-so who voiced this concern want to come on and talk about it. I don't want to tell that person's story for them. And if they're not willing to put their hand up and say it, then I'm just, you know, then I look like the asshole basically at that point. So that's what's going on behind the scenes over time. And then the circumstance of the firing was so suspect that it's like, wow, all these rumors we've heard feel like they'd been getting kind of more I don't know. Uh, I'm hearing them more frequently. And then some big firing happens and it happens mid event and there's no explanation and there's no CEO uh, replacement in to fill that void. You know, like, holy cow, is this the fire related to all the smoke that we had been hearing? And I still don't know. I have zero to report on that. I don't know. And And so then you and I speculated on air and it seems like, well, Whatever happened, happened between two people who signed NDAs. There was probably money that was paid out to either party, and they're now incentivized to not talk about it. And so we're never going to know, essentially, because it, it would be a legal matter at that point. And that's where we're left. And so it's pure speculation at this point. But when I say, am I, why is this my number one news story? And it's, those are the reasons I'm happy. There was these things happening that I felt like surfing as the WSL professional body had taken this so inauthentic path that is not a reflection of anything. Plus the person doing it, I'm hearing these rumors about that really, again, I don't know him as a person, but that if I did know these things to be true and I did know this person, then I would absolutely not be able to stand by this or support this because it's a kind of character flaw, you know? And so, yeah, glad to see him go. Glad to not have to deal with this anymore. Glad to not have people that I know and friends that I know and the sport that I love be uh, driven down this path. So it was absolutely my number one news story. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the news moment of the year for you and I. Um, you know, this sort of leads me into predictions I don't know if you want to go there or if you... Sure. So my prediction for 2024 is that the new CEO of the WSL will be announced. It's going to happen soon, mid-January, I think at the latest, for sure before the first event of the year. It will be a hardened core surfer with experience in and around the contest situation framework and with experience with the current WSL, uh, whomever it is, 
the announcement will come soon. It will be the most important decision that Dirk Ziff makes regarding WSL leadership, because I think we're at a tipping point here. Um, this person will have vision, and most importantly, Dirk Ziff will have to agree to get out of the way. No micromanaging. There will be an implementation of new judging framework, not just judging criteria, a completely new judging vision, logistics, policy criteria. The WSL schedule will have to be adjusted. The size of the tour will change. And in addition, my prediction is that there will be a new advisory board that has authority and teeth. And some of the people perhaps on that board include the likes of Bob Hurley, Jake Patterson, Ross Garrett, Daryl Handley, Barton Lynch, Kelly Slater, Paul Nod, and others to be determined. And David, the new CEO of the WSL is Peter Mel. Wow. <laughs> I mean, is this pure optimism on your behalf, or do you have any insights that are making you say this? No. This is just my prediction. My prediction. This is the prediction segment. This is a very optimistic prediction. Um, I love it. Predictions are. They're optimistic. I know. I love the childlike optimism that you still maintain for this thing. Um, I would love to see that. I cannot imagine that would be the direction that they would go. I just cannot. Yeah. I... Maybe. Um, also, is Pete, no offense, is yeah. Pete CEO material? I think he is. I, I think that's a really legitimate question. You know, um, the others that I mentioned on the board all seem like CEO material, except for maybe you know one or two. But um, I think we've all seen enough of Peter Mel to know that he could handle the job, that not only handle it, but be really good at it, you know, mm. um, and I think it would require Pete to kind of step up a little bit, you know, like I don't really see Pete as like spreadsheet guy. I see Pete no. as big vision guy. See, I don't I see spreadsheet guys underneath. Him. I see Pete as vision guy, but I don't see him as big vision guy. And I, also, I don't see him as spreadsheet guy either. I think Pete absolutely has a role in the, in the organization. Um, so I guess, I guess there's two things, two directions that you can go with this, right? The question is, do you want to grow this business exponentially? And in that scenario, Pete's not the guy. Other question is, do you want to have a small core of loyal fans and followers? And in that scenario, Pete could be the guy. He would be one of a handful of guys who would be, who could absolutely execute that goal and the board that you're talking about, oh, Scott hands, because you could do it too. No, no, I just don't want to interrupt you. Uh, and the board that you mentioned would also absolutely help him execute that goal. I think what we're missing here is um, you just mentioned two different scenarios. I think the two different scenarios are, do we want to grow this business exponentially over the years? Or are we trying to sell this business? which there's been some rumors out there that it's been for sale. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Dirk's just like, for God's sakes, let's get out, let's get this. This thing's a pain in my ass. Let's sell this thing. So if we sell it, and by the way, 
I was struggling trying to come up with a name for the new CEO. It was easy to fill out the advisory board with Bob Hurley, Jake Patterson, Ross Garrett, Darren Handley, Martin Lynch, Kelly Slater, Paul Nod. Those guys could all be great CEOs. I don't know if any of them wants that job. And frankly, I'm not sure Daryl Hanley would be a CEO type, but he'd be yeah. good to have on the board, you know, giving some sort of shaper insights. Um, so help me find this hardcore, hardened CEO type. I always think of Rabbit. Rabbit's too old for this position. Fernando Aguirre. <clears throat> well, he kind of falls into these other guys into that level of these other guys on the advisory board. Not, Fernando, I don't think would take the job. You know, like Bob Hurley's not going to take the job. Bob Hurley would be great. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul Nade would be great. Paul Nod would be great. You know, yeah. like that guy's going to get shit done. Yeah. But for other for various reasons, they there's some conflicts of interest. Yeah. Well, CEO, and so I was like, you know, Peter is that hardcore. Like I always wanted to be a guy that we can all go look. The guy's got the chops in the water. First thing, you got to have the chops in the water, in my opinion. You got to have everyone go, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about in the water and within and around the contest formats with Pete, which Peter does. And so what about, what about yeah. Evan Slater? Yeah, maybe. See, I'm going to see I want to see somebody who's worked in a corporate environment for an extended period of time and understands the management of a large or a medium size corporation. Yeah. Evan would be a great choice that I didn't, that I didn't, that didn't pop up into my mind when I was doing this yesterday, but Evan yeah. would, Evan would be one that would be on the short list for yeah. sure. Yeah. I want to see somebody who has worked in that environment. Uh, it has the qualifications that you already mentioned, but it's also worked in an environment where they've grown a business and then has a very ambitious vision for what they could Martin do. Lynch. See, Martin my thing would be, Peter and would be incredible. Is that they're too close to it almost. Like they're too much like, okay, we'll just make these small little tweaks. I want a big vision guy. Yes, like, I do too. No, you know, like we're, we're scraping this thing. We're going to the whiteboard. And yeah. by the way, we're taking, you know, five days at the Ritz in Huntington Beach or wherever. And we're going to all sit down and we're going to figure this thing out. And we're going to leave this this meeting, these three-day meetings with a new plan and we're going to present it to the world. Right. Yeah, I like it. Well, look, I'd be thrilled if your prediction comes through for 2024. Here's hoping. I'm backing it. Um, what about I, your predictions? And I have more, by the way. Well, my prediction for 2023, back in 2022, was uh, a morbid one that somebody might die due to the overcrowding of jet skis in the lineup and like... Uh, too much hubris, like yeah. surfers who are intermediate surfers thinking that they're ready for Nazare. And so they take a ski team out there and dude, that could be happening right now at Mavericks. I'm sitting there watching it happen unfolding before our eyes, your prediction. So my prediction has not proven to be true, but there's still time left. There's a couple of days left. So hopefully it does not become true. Yeah. Uh, no. But I just wanted to state that I was wrong. Um okay. I think I got two two kind of things, directions to go with prediction, either Kelly Slater's retirement, which yeah. is kind of a gimme. And we, yeah. but people yeah. have been saying it for a decade now and they would have been wrong every decade. But I feel like this year there's, um, I don't see the draw for him to continue to compete. You know, I just don't. 
Um, there's a couple venues on tour now that like cloud breaks back that he could look forward to, but I think he can get a wild card into those events anyways. So I just don't see him doing a full year on tour. Yeah. Uh, but my real prediction, I think just to make it a little bit more sensational is a mass exodus on the tour. If, you know, we talked about the Carissa Moore rumor last week, I think that could come to fruition very likely, but I could see male A-list male surfers also just opting out of competition. And I think that if we did see that, well, let me put it this way. Without a very clear vision from the WSL with a new CEO in place and clearly stated, then I could see this being the default news story that happens. And in that case, it becomes a house of cards for the WSL's business at large. If John John Florence isn't competing on the world tour, uh, if Kelly does retire, not only is that bad for their business, but that frees those surfers up for somebody else to entice them to do an alternative tour. If Red Bull or somebody just said, hey, you know what? There's these these guys and let's also add Jamie O'Brien and Mason Ho. Let's put $100,000 up and let's do three days in, in whatever. Name the spot, Kandui, Cloud Break. 100,000 bucks, winner takes all. Swell, uh, Nathan Florence is coming too. Swell of the year is coming and let's do this. And this went so well. Let's go ahead and do it again. Let's do it four or five times a year. Boom, you have another tour that's taking place. And so I don't think that's that unlikely. I don't think that's even that big of a, that's not a big spend for somebody like Red Bull. Like it would be dumb for them not to do it. So I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, hold that thought because I'm, I'm going to take a break. Okay, go for it. Because I've got. All right, good. Perfect teaser to get through the commercial break. We'll be back. And realwatersports.com. Scott, um, I should check in with Trip. see how the holidays went for that guy. That's got to be a busy time in retail. Um, but they're here with us all year round, and we rely on them year round for surfboards, surf gear, board bags for upcoming trips that you've got in the new year. Realwatersports.com has everything. Yeah, look, I'm on their site right now. They actually have a big factory clearance sale on surfboards of the Thunderbolt technology. So you can get up to $420 off a brand new surfboard right now at realwatersports.com. And it looks like there's some really killer high aspect Armstrong foils in the marketplace too, which is exciting. Yeah. Loyal to the foil, bros. You. I know not just surfboards, but it's in the name, real water sports. So any water sport that you might need, they have experts on staff who uh, literally were professionals in that discipline uh, who are now going to help guide you into whatever you're into. So realwatersports.com. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. 
more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. All right, welcome back. Wow. So here are my thoughts. First of yeah. all, second prediction, very similar to yours. Another competition series emerges. It is two brides only. Super easy to understand. Everyone can watch it. Your wife, my wife, our parents, yada, yada, yada. Everyone gets it. Relatively easy to judge. They'll have three events. And they keep it moving around based on swell and location, just like you said, with an eye on Tahiti or Indo or mainland Mexico and a few other known tube locations, just three events, with a finale at the backdoor shootout. So Pipeline's the, the final hoorah. And perhaps a player like Tenori steps up. Tenori's tube fest. <laughs> and it starts as a series and gets all those guys you mentioned, Jamie, Nathan, Tube Hounds, you know, um, and voila, we have what you and I have been talking about. Stab Magazine can get involved in this. I mean, they've already done the the Stab High air show thing. It would make it'd be a logical transition. Yes. Well, you would need some solid sponsorship dollars behind this thing to do it right but it's going to be 12 people you know it's not going to be a big deal that way we can kind of fit it inside of the backdoor shootout they can still have the shootout but we still have these 12 guys yeah i mean solid sponsorship dollars it's not that expensive to do i mean you're right if you're thinking in terms of like surf brands you know trying to come up with money for something like this and then they have strong opinions about whatever but red bull they already do events. They they're all about doing events. You know, they would be just a no, it would be a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah you Yeti. want to find like a sort of a non-endemic that's yeah. that's just like we just want to be attached with surfing. Yeah, exactly. So I yeah, I think these are very logical uh conclusions that we've been leading towards for a long time. And I would love to see them come together in 2024. And their predictions. Um, <clears throat> how about this one? Number three. Kelly Slater and Vahini Fierro win gold at Chopu. It's a great prediction. 
Thank you. Yeah. Kelly has to get into the Olympics first. That's what makes it such a great prediction. <laughs> there is this one caveat. We have to get Kelly sniveled in however we do it and uh, everyone will be happy. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, I like it. Um, did you have any favorite surf content films or otherwise? Yeah, I do. And the one that sticks out to me is when we spoke about a month ago, which is the Russell Bierke's um, stab edit of the year. I actually forget what it's called. Something. Do you remember what it's called? I could go oh, look. I gosh. Russell Bierke's. Did it have limits in the name? The outer. Yeah. Something like it was, it was a play uh, on that outermost limits of pure fun yeah let me see here i'm gonna pull it up i hope are the edits of the year uh premium only i don't know oh outer edge of leisure russell berkey so that's my stab con that's my content surf content of the year that is insane of course um you know russell he sort of exudes this um he just he exudes calm in what every hardcore surfer would consider a hair-raising situation. And he does it time and time again. It's it's phenomenal. It's not just like, hey, here's one crazy edit from the slab. It's like, here's 15 insane edits from this these different slabs all over the world. And uh, he continues to impress. Of course, Nathan Florence, Mason Ho, those YouTube channels are great. And I also particularly enjoy getting Matt Warshaw's weekly emails from the encyclopedia of surfing. So those are my, that's my favorite surf content. Um, if Russell Bierke had the, I don't know, entrepreneurial ambition that Nathan Florence has, he would be earning five times whatever he's earning right now because his desire to surf that style of waves and uh, talent for surfing them is right there. You know, he just needs some big marketing machine behind him, pumping him out. And it's so like, so easy to appreciate how crazy that is. Like for us surfers, we get it, but for the vast audience on YouTube who doesn't even surf, they would tune in and watch that because it's that freaky. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's, he's next level, which is why that edit, everyone needs to watch that edit. It's, it's mind blowing. And there's something, I don't know, maybe I'm just, well, I am getting old. And so there's something about an edit that doesn't have like, oh, errors. Because you get the feeling that these guys put these edits together and they're like, I can't do an edit that doesn't have an insane error section. And mm -hmm. I'm saying to you, hell yes, you can. And you <laughs> watch Russell Berkey. It's incredible. And, you know, in a weird way, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm going to sound old, but errors are almost kind of like, I don't know. I'm they're losing their mojo am mm. i wrong or am i old they just have to just like slab surfing it just has to get more intense for you to continue to be impressed by it you know they have to go higher faster spin faster do a crazier inversion for you to even care anymore because kalani robs full wrote in the on the cover of good times in 1994 isn't going to cut it for you anymore no yeah, so that's why I think this Two Brides Only series makes so much sense because it's what we all strive for. Like everybody can go, yeah, that's kind of the ultimate. I mean, isn't that the ultimate, David? Isn't that, isn't getting tubes still the ultimate? Totally. 
Yeah. So why not have a series that's purely focused on that three events? Yeah, I like it. I don't disagree. My best bit of surf content is uh, for 2023 is Bryce Young's Following the Fall Line film. Uh, it's 45 minute surf film. We would call that feature length in the surfing world. And it's just criminally underviewed. And it's it's a reflection of the way that we digest information in 2023. You know, a four minute video that doesn't take a tremendous amount of effort gets more views than a project like this that took a year plus, I mean, more than a couple of years to actually put together. And um, it would have even fewer views if it wasn't even on YouTube. So it's kind of like there's no... I don't know where the best home is for something like this to live, for people to actually engage with it and to watch the whole thing. But I'm telling you, it's made of five minute segments. And each one of those five minute segments would have broke the internet because the surfing is that incredible. It's that innovative. It's that relatable. It's what you're talking about on rail surfing, except it's innovative. You know, he's like taking, he's writing, writing those Ryan Birch boards that are super narrow um, and putting them in places on the wave that you just haven't seen people put boards on the rail before. He does airs a couple of times through it. Uh, but the film is just remarkable from beginning to end. I said at the time that it came out that I thought it was going to kind of revolutionize surfing. I think this could be kind of a new, this could be a flashpoint in surfing where uh, shapers are copying that style of board. Surfers are then writing those boards and trying to put them into those similar positions. And we'll see this divergence in a whole new genre and trend of surfing. And that has not transpired since. And maybe it's just because the level of talent required to ride that board is just none of us have it. But I thought it was going to be a huge moment in surfing. It hasn't become. And I think that it's criminal. People need to go spend time and watch it. Good call. And I raise my hand and tell you, I have not watched that film and I want to. I will also tell you that I just saw a guy at Mavericks on like a 60 foot wave. <laughs> it was huge. And I think he got blown up, but I don't see any skis moving in to rescue anybody. So maybe he got out of it. But mm. And he's doing, they're doing huge carves on these little tow boards out there. They're, it's massive out there. Wow. Anyway, scary. Good, good on uh, Bryce Young's film. Yeah. Zero thing. It's not too late. We can still watch it in 2024. I have zero confidence that you're going to watch it, but I'm going to send you a couple of, <laughs> I'm going to send you a couple of clips that I think might push you over the edge and you'll spend your new year's Eve kicking back watching Bryce Young. You know where I really like watching surf edit and surf content when I'm going on a surf trip, like when I'm on a plane, you know, just, you got plenty of time. You just get all geeked out. You share it with your buds. Oh, look at that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And, uh, that's always a lot of fun. Sweet. What about, what are you most looking forward to in 2024? What are you looking forward to? What is it that? Uh... Um, Growth. I think in the podcast realm, well, beyond the podcast realm, even like, I've underestimated people's interest in looking at us. You're kidding. No. And so video assets, I think, are valuable. Um, I actually talked a lot about this with your son at the boardroom show. Mm. He came over and he's like, dude, 
I loved the video clip uh, that you posted of my dad and you and blah, blah, blah. And he referenced some Instagram clip and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, people, I just thought like this, the podcast medium is obviously there's different mediums for different things. Podcasting is one thing. YouTube is a different thing. And like, this is what we do here. But then I realized at a certain point that using the video to direct people to the podcast, using the video as marketing assets, essentially on social media will then direct people to the podcast. So that's what my thought had been for the last year or so. But now I'm realizing, and maybe the platforms have just changed that that's an entire ecosystem in and of itself. Like, and maybe it trickles back to here, but some people just want to digest it there fully. And so it's time to, I think, kind of make some investments in that space and design content specifically for that, that space, social media and or YouTube specifically. Hmm. Well, um, that was not a very good answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pulling your chain because... Um, what I was hoping you would say is something like this. My 2024, what I'm most looking forward to, it is my hope, David, that each and every time I paddle out, I do so with kindness in my heart, with a sense of aloha, with the purpose of enhancing somebody else's surf session through good deeds and good intentions. That's a high mark. I doubt I'll hit it. Certainly won't hit it every time. But that's what I'm looking forward to in 24, 2024. Less me, more you. Setting, you may not hit the mark, but setting an intention is remarkably understated uh, and important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to serve some sort of goal or some sort of purpose throughout the day. And you might as well set an intention for what you want that to be and at least aim for it. And falling short of that will probably land you in a better position than if you just went through the day wayward anyways. Yeah. So good. I, I like, like it. A lack of waywardness is a good idea. I like it. Yes. You're right. That's a little, little bit more noble-minded than my um, ambition for growth. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> Mine isn't. Uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Though. I'm with you. I, I hear you and I'm with you. And let me know how I can help. Well, it relates to what we were talking about earlier about reflections as well, which is like, I just feel a lot of gratitude for being in the position that I'm in to be able to have these conversations and to be able to make this literally my life's work, you know, like to not be uh, sitting on a desk crunching numbers or out there throwing away people's trash for a living or any of anything else really like to be able to kind of do this as a life's work and be, be able to engage with the people that we engage with and just have interesting conversations is a total delight and I'm grateful for it. And so I see opportunities for, like I said, I underestimated people's interest in seeing our face. That's a, that, that's amazing. Like what people want to see us. They want to hear us and see us at the same time. Like, I guess we should just give it to them if that's what they want. Like, so how do we kind of roll that out? And I, and I'm excited about figuring out how to do that to continue to be able to do what we do. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. You know, we used to have um, a studio where we, we were next, we were with each other in person and um, you know, who knows? That's probably 
Now I can tell the <laughs> lift in your lip there. You're like, that's probably not going to happen. And I don't want it to happen. That's way too much work for both of us. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's the best case scenario. Can we teleport there? <laughs> <laughs> this is, look, they don't know that you're literally in the room right next to me right now. They just don't know that. They think we're miles apart. Yeah, I mean, look, in predictions for 2025, if teleportation becomes a reality, then we can do it then. Okay. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. But um, we do have El Salvador coming forward here. That's something to look forward to, right? El Salvador. Very much. For um, the spit listeners, we've got a listener trip and uh, it's filled, of course. We've filled it quickly. And um, we're, I think we're going to have some exciting news to tell the listeners at some point about that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I am very much looking forward to that in terms of things in 2024. And that's April and that'll come up so quick. It'll be here in a blink of an eye. So we don't have to look forward to it for long. It'll be here. And just a reminder for everybody too, treeswax.com. Uh, they came on with us as a partner just a couple of months ago, but they are coming back in 2024 because they appreciate all the support that people have given them. And um, and yeah, we're just fans of the product. I mean, it's petroleum-free surf wax. So what's not to love about that? And it works every bit as good as anything I've ever used in the past. So boom, super simple, treeswax.com. Yeah, look, I love my trees wax, man. It's... Um... The most important thing to me, wax, it's got to be sticky. It's got to be tacky. It's It's got to be um, worthy. And Trees Wax is. And then on top of that, you get the uh, petroleum-free, good for the earth, good for Mother Nature. Uh, so yeah, treeswax.com. But hey, great 2023. Thank you for all of your contributions, Scott. It's always been a delight after 10 years of this. 10 years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, same to you. It's always fun chatting and uh, doing the show. And uh, you do a great job. So thanks for all your hard work. You're welcome. How are you going to spend your New Year's? Do you have any big plans? Um, I don't have too many big plans. No, I don't. I don't do big plans. You know, like if you knew what time I went to bed, you'd roll your eyes. It'd be it's it's not pretty. It's early. When, when was the last time New Year's or otherwise that you made it to midnight? Midnight? Mm. Um. I don't know. I mean, if you said 9 p.m., I might be able to tell you. <laughs> decades? Oh, yeah. Decades. Decades. Yeah. No, I don't stay up. No. Why decades. would you? Right? I mean, what is there to do? Even for New Year's, it's like, watch a ball drop. There's a bunch of rookies out there. New Year's is for young people. <laughs> Staying up late is for young people. Getting yeah, I did it. I did it for years. I was really good at it. Maybe too good, some would suggest. <laughs> yeah, it has very, very little appeal to me at this point. There are 15 to 20 skis in the water. There's a guy riding a huge wave right now. There's a big set coming in. The swell is here. And uh, man, it's going to be an exciting few days here. Yeah, awesome. Well, hey, be safe out there today. And the next couple of days, looks like we got a good little run of swell going into the end to finish off the year. Uh, so enjoy that. Take it easy. Enjoy the time off. Yeah. All right. Well, look, David, until next week, adios and aloha. The warmth of your love like the warmth from the sun. And this will be our year. Took a long time to come. Don't let go of my hand now. Darkness is gone.
Too. 